Welcome to Modern Day Abigails, a women's outreach of Calvary Chapel Pearland. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform, and where we can become the women God created us to be. Joanna, we're here <laughs> again. Again, here we go. Yes, we're gonna give a shout out to Ray, <laughs> who has to put up with two women <laughs> trying to get this thing ready. It's like kind of, it's kind of like getting ready for a date, you know? Is everything perfect? Hey, hang on, just oh, a little minute. Oh, hang on, gosh. I gotta go pee. <laughs> hang <Right>. on. <laughs> and it's finally like, can we leave? Wait, yet? can you say that on the radio? I'm just kidding. Well, we just did. <laughs> No, was, oh gosh! I, I was thinking about this when we first started talking about what we're we going to talk about. And I remember one day I walked into their lunchroom, and I don't know if somebody put it on the show on purpose or if they just happened to turn on the TV and they didn't change the channel. But it was some talk show, and all I know is there was a lot of yelling and screaming and bleeps. And Probably I remember, Jerry Springer. <laughs> Or it's the other one who's always find, trying to figure out who the baby daddy is. Maury Povich. That's it. How do I know this? How do you know that? I don't know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, it, and I just shook my head. I'm thinking, if if women are at home watching this all day long, what's in their head by the time? I mean, what are they thinking? What are, you know, what it, what's in their head? What have they been hearing all day long? I mean, Screaming. Right. When you think somebody comes home, what do you think you're going to be? What type of mood? Are you going to be in after listening to that for several hours? Oh my gosh, hyper, crazy, fanatic. It's, and everything's going to like irritate you. Right? Uh, yes. Oh my god. Yeah, I hadn't even given that any thought. I remember my mom, she was she was trying to uh, when we were little, she was trying to find something to talk to her mother-in-law about. So she decided, okay, I'll try to watch a soap opera that she watches. My mom didn't know anything about soap opera. Well, she kind of got into it, and then there was this one episode where apparently somebody was blind, and she realized she started treating my brother and I like we were blind. And when she realized when she was doing that, she was like, "I'm done." She never watched another soap opera again. Why? What what type of influence do TV shows have on us? Mm-hmm. Of course, on the flip side, you and I are uh, listening to spy novel audios, and I think that after that, that's we could totally be spies. Well, <laughs> such great influence. Right? Well, you're already, you know, pink daisy. Remember? Yellow rose. <laughs> exactly. When we have to make the handoff with the folder that has all the receipts and stuff in it. It's not as exciting as it sounded. Well, it was at the time when we came up with it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm guessing we need to really to kind of go over what does God say? What is in the word? That the Lord expects us to be. Because I'm pretty darn sure it's not what we see on TV. No. It's probably not even what we've actually been reading in our books. Oh, no. Gosh, it's not even real life. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, actually, I don't know if it's real life or not. There may be people out there like him. I don't know. But we certainly are not that way. No, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. can't even walk without tripping, and there's nothing on the floor. <laughs> exactly. Hey, if there's a field and there's a hole, I will find, find it. it. I will find it. So I was thinking about First Peter 3, 3 through 4. 
is to do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing the gold, or putting on fine apparel. About being functional, Joanna. Oh, gosh. Okay, we have to, no. Anna? No. Okay, we have to have a talk about this. Verse 4. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the uncorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. If we want to, if, if gentle and quiet spirit is what God finds precious, isn't that what we should be doing? Is that what we should be striving for? Well, I'll tell you, it is, if you don't come from, I don't come from a quiet family. Mm. We're all loud. Right. I follow suit. So that is one thing that I really, really had to learn. And I'm still, I'm still a loud person. It's just, I'm, I'm loud. But I had to learn to be, I'm loud when I'm funny and silly, but when it comes to serious matters or when I was married or with anybody, you have to learn how to have a gentle nature and a gentle answer. Right. Let me, let's stop here. Have you ever thought about the definition of gentle and what it means? No. Do you have a thesaurus? I actually looked it up. Okay. What is it? Having or showing a mild, kind, or tender temperament or character. Hmm. Doesn't that guy go back to the fruits of the spirit? Mm hmm. Read that again. I like that. Having or showing a mild, kind, or tender temperate or character. That is what the definition of gentle is. Very humbling, very convicting when you read it. Okay, here's a question for you. Don't hate me, ladies. How many wives out there resemble this? Don't lie. Yeah, exactly. Don't lie. God sees. Exactly. And if we don't have that gentle, quiet spirit, what do we do about it? So I guess one of the other questions we can ask is, why should we have this gentle, quiet spirit? If it's precious in the sight of God, what is it that makes it precious to him? Are we even aware that we don't have it? Are we aware that we are the opposite? I know. I I wasn't. I wasn't either until the Lord convicted me one Mm -hmm. year. Years ago, I remember standing at a, a previous job, and I remember thinking, like, quiet, gentle spirit. What happened to me? <laughs> my boss at the time looks at me and goes, I don't know, Anna. Nobody knows. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Because I wasn't. Funny. I was very funny, loud. And I was very loud. And they when after the Lord got a hold of me and I found my voice, I was like a little toddler who didn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, the little ones, they're always so fun. I love watching like little one and one and a half year olds because they discover their voice. And they know it could go high, it can go low, it can go loud, it can go soft. And I was, I was a little kid who had discovered that I have this voice, I can go up, down, loud, you know, and I didn't have any type of filter. That was not good. Oh, another topic right there. Yeah. We're going to talk about We're that We're going to have to add too. that to it too. We're going to talk about having a filter. What does that mean? Because so incredibly important and you don't know it until you see somebody not having a filter. Exactly, which is why... And the damage it does. Exactly, which is why James one nineteen through 20. What does he say? So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce righteousness of God. So what is he saying? Slow to speak. 
That's a filter. In fact, if you think about it, we're talking on a microphone yes. that has a filter. Oh, certainly does. Look at that. Yeah. Wish yeah. we could get a picture. <laughs> uh, right, has a picture. Stick away Actually, it. he does. Yeah, he has a picture. <laughs> but it does. It has a filter on it because it's supposed to take in what we're trying to really say. And it takes anything that's not supposed to be there, like drinking a, out of a cup of coffee or something or whatever. It's not supposed to be there. And so that's why the Lord is trying to show us, okay, you got, I need you to have a gentle, quiet spirit and I need you to be slow at your speaking. Because here's the thing. This is what I was, um, after we got, we were talking, you and I were talking about this the other Mm -hmm. day. And so I started researching a little bit um, for tonight and what I learned. And I, I, I guess I've read this before, but because I wasn't searching for it, I didn't, it didn't stick out to me. But there is an entire chapter in James about the untamable tongue. Right. So we have to really work at it. We do, because the tongue, it talks about, first of all, when you say something and it's damaging, you can say sorry. It doesn't really matter. The damage is done. Right. You cannot take those words back. You cannot. You have to be um, persistent and diligent. That's not even the right wording, but you have to be very, um, you have to work on making sure that you think before you speak. It's so important. Let me give you an image. Have you ever taken toothpaste and squeezed out too much? Can't put it back in. I'm about to say, have you ever tried putting it back in? I had. <laughs> no. I did. I actually did have that with some uh, little ones. I, I was teaching young kids and I did that. I gave them all as toothpaste. As an example. As an example, I gave them all toothpaste and oh, a well, toothpick. They had fun. Oh, yeah. And they squished it out and I said, now put it back in. And they couldn't do it. You can't do it. And that's your words. Yes, you can say, I'm sorry. Yes, you can admit you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. But that damage is still there. It's, and we have to do something about that. Because here's the thing. The Lord says he forgets, but our humanness, we don't forget. Right. We, our minds, I'm sorry, but if something damages us, our minds just not, our minds do not allow us to forget. We may forgive eventually, but we don't ever forget. Right. But now that, now there is things we can do about that because the Lord says love doesn't remember. So you have to really go to the Lord in prayer yeah, and ask him, Lord, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Please help me to forget this. Mm-hmm. Now that's that, not possible. Right. If he chooses to do that, oh, God can do anything. Exactly. And that's where you have to, but you can choose to do that if somebody hurt you, but you're not always able to get to somebody else to do the same thing. And you might have hurt mm-hmm. an unbeliever mm-hmm. who's not going to go to the Lord, mm-hmm. who is going to hold on to it. What do you do then? So I think that's why we really want to take time and just talk about this quiet, gentle spirit. What does it mean? What does it mean for our words? We want to talk about going back to having a filter, because I'm going to ask the ladies this question. Really, has anger, and and Joanna, answer this one, has anger and screaming and yelling at somebody, has it ever really produced the result you wanted? No. No, I remember one day yelling at my son. I don't think so. No, I remember yelling at him one day, and uh, I mean, he teared up. And my first thought was, good, he's actually listening. Uh, and, and then I felt really, really guilty. Mm-hmm. And it was like years later, I apologized to him. I was like, I'm so sorry I did that to you. That was so mean of me. And of course, he looked at me and goes, what are you talking about? 
That was the love of the Lord yes. who had him forget that. But, but you didn't I forget. didn't forget. And I still haven't forgotten because it really did in the end. It didn't serve a purpose at all. I could have done something totally different. Or hey, let's even get a little bit deeper. Ladies who have husbands. Oh, here we go. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it, Anna. Let's do it. Because here's the thing. What t- we talked about this in our first podcast. The tone and the atmosphere we set in our mm-hmm. house. Your mm-hmm. words. Do you have a ch- quiet, gentle spirit when your husband comes home? Are you mad and yelling at and angry at him? Mm-hmm. Are you filtering what you say before you address him? Mm-hmm. Or are you just telling him you're speaking your mind because you're empowered? You can speak your mind. You can say whatever you want. And today's day and age, that's exactly what society teaches women. Right. That is not what God says. No, he doesn't. In fact, he says in Ecclesiastes 3, 7, a time to tear and a, a ta- tear. Let's try this again, y'all. Sure. Go for it. Ecclesiastes 3, 7, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak. I think as a woman, if I can work on my timing, when to be quiet and when to speak and how to speak. I think I revolution my whole life. Not just with your husband. Exactly. You can use that at work. Kids. Uh, kids, friends. I mean, that the possibilities are really endless. Uh, the person, the cashier who's maybe moving too slow. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Lord says, do it. We do it. He doesn't say only to this person or this person. That's not his. That's not what his word says. The word says. This is the way it's done. Exactly. And I think, I think it's interesting how um, Solomon, who wrote this, he put all that in one sentence. Because sometimes we do tear people apart. We do got to make amends. Mm-hmm. And we got to sew it back together. And Dam- I think that's why damage he, control. Exactly. Damage control. So he's saying after that, he's like, look, there's, there's a time for you to speak and a, and a time, and time not to. And in fact, um, you know the story. After Ray got, uh, became the pastor. And I had always knew he was going to be a pastor. The Lord had showed it to me. The Lord showed me his gift was in teaching. But it never dawned on me I was going to be a pastor's wife. I don't know why. <laughs> it, it just didn't dawn on me. I know. It's, what I know. were you going to be, Anna? What were I you going to be? I don't know. But there was this nice guy in church. And he's, he said, hey, pastor's wife. Not, I stopped. And I went, huh? Did I looked you, behind me. Did you look around? Yeah, I did. I looked behind me. I'm like, what's he talking about? And he's like, Anna, pastor's wife? And I kept looking at him. I just blank stared at him. I didn't understand where he was going with this. And finally he goes, poor guy. He's like, <laughs> finally he goes, your husband's the pastor, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> You're his wife, right? <gasps> oh! And then it hit me. So, oh, no. So I didn't know what to do. Oh, no. So then the few pastor wives I didn't know, I'm like, hey, hey, um, so what is something that you know now that, I, that you wish you knew when you first started? And I had this one lady, she is a widow. She was a pastor's wife who was a widow uh, of a Jewish congregation here in locally. And I asked her that question. And her first thought was, I have to think about it. But then she stopped. She turned around. She looked at me. She goes, make sure you always speak in the right season. And I'm like, oh, that's great. The heck does that mean? Yeah, well, <laughs> just exactly. Did you ask? I mean, what does no, that mean? No, she walked mean? off. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, gosh. This is when well, you become a stalker. Wait. Well, that's what I'm like, oh, the Lord's going to teach me, isn't he? Oh, no. And he did. Oh, no. And he started teaching me about when is a proper time to speak to someone? When is it not the time mm-hmm. to speak? And really, it started at home. Mm-hmm. He had to teach me, you know, um, 
when when you're in the ministry, sometimes sometimes it's a hang on, can't talk right now. Yeah. And sometimes you have something bugging you, but then you have to stop. Am I really being bugged because it's important? Or is Satan going in there and poking a wound? Mm-hmm. Just to be mean, just to start to get us to a fight, trying to get us set up. I mean, because enemy, if he can get you to fight, he's happy. Oh, if he can get a pastor and his wife to fight. Oh, he's ecstatic. Right. Well, since the Lord created marriage, what's the first thing that Satan wants to do? Mm-hmm. He, he, well, he went after Eve. Exactly. What's he trying to do? Split up all the marriages. Yeah. And what is he going to do? And he created discord. Yes. Right there. Exactly. And he's still doing it to yep, this day. Still doing it. Oh, he's perfected it. Exactly. Not to give him any power, but fact is fact. And we need to be aware of these things. Exactly. And that's part of our speech. How do we address our husbands? How do we address our family? Maybe a mother-in-law, brother, sister, cousin. How do we do that? And so that's why I think when we're going through the scriptures that we first said, okay, we understand we have to have this quiet, gentle spirit. Now we understand that we have to be slow to speak. We're also seeing that there is a time to be silent, a time to speak. And we have to have the right season when we speak. Well, it's kind of like this. If somebody approaches you and they want to talk to you about something, would you want them to, A, walk up to you and just start just yelling and screaming or accusing or pointing, or would you want them to say, Hey, can we chat a minute? I got something I need to talk to you about. I got something on my heart. Exactly. When do you have time? Is now a good time? If not, when? And then you sit down, maybe go to coffee. I have a cup of coffee, something relaxing, some maybe sitting outside on your awesome porch now. Right. right. Something, you know, there's a, there's an ambiance. You set the tone, you set the tone. For um, the situation at hand, is it a difficult conversation? Well, then handle it with some grace and some mercy and some, you know, something, a, a relaxing, calming atmosphere that you create as opposed to, um, you know, just pointing fingers and screaming and yelling and whatever it is that you'd like to do to get your way. Right. I've learned, you know, I've learned pray, pray, pray. Right. Always pray before I always if if there's something I need to address with anybody, I don't Mm -hmm. care who it is. I always pray a lot beforehand. It's our most powerful weapon. Exactly. Because what I have learned is probably 75 percent of what I want to say is really not important. Yeah. It was just that enemy was over there poking or I was just tired one night and it really wasn't a big deal. I was just irritated. Oh, how about this? How many times have you been upset about something and then decided to wait a day and pray over it. And then the next day, the Lord takes care of it. And you didn't have to say a word. Exactly. And not a word. Exactly. I've seen the Lord do that plenty of times. It's amazing. Where he takes I love care it. of it before you have to even say a word. I'm just like, look at you, Lord. Exactly. Look at you go. And that happens at work all the time. I, I work in the, you know, we both work in an office atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We work with people all over the world. And when you work with people all over the world, you have very different cultures, mm-hmm. very different ideas. And your vocabulary is a lot of times mm-hmm. very different. Some people's English. It took me forever to understand that in other countries, when you say they hired a taxi or they hired something, it was actually a rent. Oh, <laughs> they used the word hire. And it took me forever. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, what do you mean you hired that equipment? And then I realized, oh, they rented it. So it took me. So sometimes even our words, we we use words differently. 
And I couldn't tell you how many times that that can actually come up and bite you mm-hmm. because you're thinking one thing and they're like, why are they so angry? Perception. Exactly. Know who you're talking to. Know how they think. Yes. You know, like you've been with your husband, what, 10 years now? Well, we've been married 11, but been- I've known him for over 20. Okay. So there you go. You know him, like you were talking about earlier, you know when um he when he's deep in thought when he's got his box his nothing he's he's in a specific box exactly you you don't walk in there and, and go in you you let him do his thing you wait till he's switched gears and um and then you approach him and then you see hey I got to talk to you about something mm-hmm. exactly and he'll say now's not a good time or sure. Exactly. You know, but you had to learn that. Yes. You had to learn. And there's a lot of love and patience when it comes to that. And even with like coworkers, my own, my supervisors, I've, I've had quite a few and they, I had to talk to them differently. Some of them mm-hmm. I didn't even approach until the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I knew what their mornings were like. I won't approach you until after mm-hmm. afternoon. Uh, one, I made sure the coffee was always ready. They liked their coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to approach them before they had their cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I get it. And so that's it. In fact, because uh, most of my supervisors have all been male, usually I've learned because Ray's taught me how to speak to the men mm-hmm. properly. And I'd go in there and knock on the door and say, hey, do you have time to talk about this? Can I switch your subjects? That gave them time to stop, breathe, switch subjects, and then they can have, I can have their full attention. Yep. I have to do that with my own husband some days. It's like, hey, can we switch subjects? I need to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. Because if I just, you know puke all my emotions up on him it ain't gonna work i can't puke my emotions up on anybody it's not gonna work because then they don't take you seriously mm-hmm. so that's one of the half of the things about that gentle having that mild kind or tender temperate temperament that means you're not over there suddenly like i said puking your emotions up on somebody or you're screaming at them one minute and then turning around and going oh i love you would you mm-hmm. like some ice cream Want to go to dinner? I want to go to a movie. Yeah. No. No. No, I don't. You, you just, just chewed my butt. Yeah. You just verbally abuse me. What? Why yes. would I want to go do that? <laughs> you know. And I'm not talking about like a husband and wife. I, I've seen my sister-in-law and I when when he and my when she and my brother had first got married, we we're very alike, and our attitudes were alike. We were a lot alike in other ways, so we didn't get along at first. And we abused. If we really abused each other easily, just kind of. And that's, and I, I had to go to the Lord in prayer on that all the time. Mm-hmm. Lord, I can't be like this. And I, I got to the point where I'm like, Lord, I can't go to a family function if she's going to be there because I don't want to start something because I know how I am. I know my mouth. It gets me in trouble every single time because if anybody says something, I'm, I'm reacting real quick. And the Lord and his graciousness came in and took care of it. And he started changing both of us together. And now, I mean, we have the greatest relationship. We're always calling each other. I talk to her more than I talk yeah. to my brother. I could totally attest to that. I didn't know y'all before. I only know y'all now. Right. And it every time you tell me this story, I'm like, it's very hard for me to fathom or even accept what you're saying because um, I've been with y'all at at, at thing. We we all go shopping together. Exactly. We go out to eat together. I see how y'all interact and um. I don't see any of that, any of your past of what you were talking about. I don't see it at all. No, because the Lord took care of that. I know. It's just amazing. I got goosebumps. I want to give the ladies a lot of hope to understand that if you've got a situation or you got somebody who unnerves you or you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, you get angry, you know, you have trouble with holding back your emotions. 
that the Lord's there to help you. And if you don't know the Lord, we want to introduce you to Jesus. We want to tell you that he does love you, that he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Mm, that whoever believes in him should never perish, but have everlasting life. He said, you are worth dying for. I love you and I am willing to die for you. Even though I know you're a sinner, I know everything you've done that's wrong. I died for you. I have transferred your sins upon myself. It is finished. All you have to do is receive me and accept that I died. This is Jesus speaking, that he, I, I died. I went to the Father. Three days later, I rose again. Then I went to the Father, and I'm coming back. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. So if you don't know this Savior, and you're, not, you're tired of the way you're talking to people, or you're tired of people's attitudes, or you're just tired. Just tired. The Lord will take you and, t- and work with you and help you. And I am not the same person I used to be because mm-hmm. I did have a bad temper. Mm-hmm. I would, if I did speak, it wasn't always pleasant. I would scream and I get mad and I get angry. And the Lord's been trying to, it's been working on me and, and making me more gentle, giving me a quieter spirit, helping me to stop and think before I speak. You know, type up that email and then not actually send it or get somebody else to read it. You know, hey, can you come over here? Can you read this? And, you know, I've had a couple, you know, one of them tell me, hey, um, you might want to tone that down a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it's in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's work yeah, on this. Yeah. Let's work on this. Because sometimes, you know, you can have a righteous anger or you can have a legitimate reason to be yeah. upset. But there's, there's still a way to handle it. Thank you. That, and that is exactly what Proverbs 31, 26 says. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of God kindness he's putting wisdom and kindness in the same sentence you know what i teach kids you can have all the knowledge in the world but if you don't have wisdom what's it going to do for Mm -hmm. you a beaver might know how to climb a trellis but he wasn't made to climb a trellis so he shouldn't (laughs) no he shouldn't um i have one that goes with the same thing it's james 1 5 through uh, the first part of 6 it says um If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. And then James um, 1, 2 says that, um, so the beginning of James, I started at five, but the beginning is that, that this is being spoken to my brethren, believers. So we are supposed to be asking for wisdom from God on all situations. How do I say this? Do I say this? Um, when do I say this if I am supposed to? When is so when is so incredibly important. Exactly. The when is just as important as how you do it. Exactly. It can make or break a deal. Yes. Sometimes make or break a situation. Sometimes you don't need to talk about that day. You can mm-hmm. wait until the next day. Or even sleep later. On yeah. Yeah. Sleep on. Don't let it go yeah. go to bed angry. Yeah. The Bible says that. Don't go to bed angry. So, but you can put it to the side and say, you know what? I choose not to be angry. I choose to pray on this and sleep on it and see how I feel in the morning. And a lot of times I've learned with a good night's rest, what was irritating me that night didn't mean a darn thing the next morning. So what do we call that? We call that warfare. Yes. We need to start learning how to recognize that. Better. Sometimes That's it's a just because whole other topic topic but it's going to be a good one yes now sometimes joanna 
some of us just get a little cranky at night. We're like little toddlers. <laughs> and we have to send ourselves to bed. Because it's your bedtime. It's bedtime. <laughs> and sometimes I just have to send myself to bed. Do you need a bed. nap? I have actually looked at my family. and go, For 10 hours, a 10-hour nap. <laughs> exactly. I've looked at my family and gone... I am tired. I need to go to bed. And they're like, yes, you do. Yes, it's like, please, I'll take you in. Do I need to tell you a bedtime story? Exactly. It's like, I'm, I'm cranky. No, I just need to Whatever go to bed. you need, girl, we got this. Exactly. Let me help you. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes we just need to go to bed. Oh, my that's gosh. That's what it is. That's so funny. But I... I you know, like you said, though, it's about the wisdom and knowing how to speak and when to speak. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if our tongue is a law of kindness, law meaning is set in stone, you're supposed to be doing it this way. Is there ever a reason not to be kind? Can we actually. Let's ask it this way, Joanna. I have a situation. I have a problem. Let's do our work. We know how we do our work in accounting. I go and buy 50 books. I only get 49. I didn't get one of my books, but it says I did. Do I have to be mean to get my money back? Or can I do it in kindness? Well, you start by simply asking. Right. Calling up customer service. Hey, got a question. Got a little dilemma. Exactly. How can you help me? Now, sometimes do we have to be firm? Sometimes. Yeah. But you can be firm and respectful and kind. Absolutely. Exactly. You don't have to go pushing your way in and pushing your way through and having a... Um, a Pussy fit? A, yeah, or just a, um, a real pushy attitude about getting your way. Use some discernment. Use some... Tact. Tact. Oh, my God, that's a great word. Um, on how you... D- Handle that. Do you want somebody talking to you like that? Exactly. I certainly exactly. don't. I, I've, I've had it where I've called somebody and I'm like, look, I'm so sorry. I know it's not your fault. You just answered the phone. But this is my problem. And I need it resolved. <laughs> and you usually if I start <laughs> that, that way, so many times. they're like, oh, okay, no problem. No problem yeah. at all. Because we both recognize it's not their fault. Yeah. But I don't know whose fault it is. But I've got a problem and I need it resolved. And I've, I've had it where before where... Um, I've had to address people by their last name because it reminded me to be kind Mm -hmm. and to be respectful. I was very irritated and angry at the situation, but I could be respectful by calling them by their last name. Mm -hmm. Which also gets their attention. It did. Because you've done now said Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So-and-so. Exactly. Oh, their ears perked up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because what does Colossians 4, 6 say? Let your speech always. Did you see that word, Joanna? Always. There's no exception. Wait, I heard sometime. I heard sometimes. No? No. Okay. No, it's always. Start over. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be with grace, Mm. seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. That takes practice and patience. And sometimes it takes silence. And yes, and a willing to listen to the Lord, because if you ask the Lord, what, how do I reply to this? He's either going to tell you how to reply or he's going to have you be quiet. Right, right. Are we going to listen to him when he says be quiet? Who wants to listen when you've got something on your mind mm-hmm. and you want to get somebody what for? 
right? You don't want to be quiet because the Lord said. Exactly. You want to give them a what for. So now, <laughs> instead of, and maybe they have it hey, coming. And maybe they do. Maybe they do. But when you get that attitude, you are no longer allowed to have it because the Lord's now going to be upset with you. Yeah. And they don't, they're not listening to you anyway. No. I have, um, I have an alter me, an alter, yeah, an alter me. Alter ego? Alter ego. She doesn't exist anymore. But um, I call her the old Joanna. She's, we don't want to meet her, Anna. <laughs> no. We no. don't want to meet her. <laughs> but I will, <laughs> I will tell you that my family, because I had to learn what we're talking about tonight, my family will actually tell you that um, I completely changed on how I speak, think, act, react, all because the Lord taught me. Now, he didn't. I'm hard headed. So it took me. It wasn't an easy teaching. Really? (laughs) No. Yeah, for real. It wasn't an easy teaching. It certainly wasn't easy for me. But um, by the time I learned it, my family will tell you they they saw with their own eyes a completely different person. I have not gone back to her. Right. She doesn't exist anymore. It's been 12 years since she has surfaced. Sometimes I feel her welling up when um, when something maybe because we all have triggers of past. Mm-hmm. And so if I if I being if I'm feeling a trigger or something or something is real or somebody is really just pouncing on me, um, especially if if they're yelling at me about something that didn't have anything to do with me or is beyond my control. Um, I can literally feel her coming up to the surface. And I'll tell you, it scares me. Right, right. It scares me. I can me. understand that. I worked hard with the Lord, allowing him to heal me and um, mend me and um, fix me for her to come back. Right. So sometimes where I'm going with this is sometimes um, I just want women to be aware that when you do allow the Lord to change you after all of this, and that you do become this woman that we've been talking about, it's important that you don't forget where you came from. Right. It's important that you don't forget that it only takes one instance for you to be right back there. Right, exactly. And then you ruined your whole walk and your whole testimony. Your witness is gone. Yes. What if you did it in front of a new believer who was watching you? Or they're a non-believer. Like how many? Oh, that's even worse. Exactly. How many women, we have met women who, because of their quiet, gentle spirit, won their husbands over Mm -hmm. because they didn't react Mm -hmm. in anger. They Mm -hmm. didn't react harshly. We know them. Yeah, we know them. We know people like that. We're not going to say their names. Right, exactly. But You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Their whole life. Really kind of hoping you're not listening. (laughs) FYI. Oh God! Don't critique us. <laughs> Remember that whole grace part we talked about in Colossians four six. Oh my God! But yeah, but we do know women who who've had harsh husbands, mm-hmm. but because they were quiet and they were gentle, they got one over. Because and I've heard other stories of other people mm-hmm. who, who their whole lives and they got saved because of that. for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. 
If we encouraged you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over.